hallelujah. Let the latter rain be greater than the former rain. Father, let it rain. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Good morning, Calvary. This is, this is the day that the Lord has made, despite the weather, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you the glory and the honor. I'll take that. Father, we just thank you. We glorify your holy name. We're here, Father God, to exalt you, to praise you, to thank you, Father, for all these things. We thank you that we have breath today, Lord. Father, we thank you we're able to get up, Lord, and Father God, to worship you, to come into the house of the Lord, to come into your temple, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because you are our Father who art in heaven. Holy is your name, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now because you are our Father. We are your sons and daughters, and we thank you, Lord. We are heirs to the kingdom of heaven. Father, we thank you. We are seated in the spirit in heavenly places right now in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for the authority that you have given us, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for the privilege, the benefits, Father God, Father God, of knowing you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, because we are inheritance. Father, we already run the waste run the race, oh God, and Father, we already have the crown. We already have the victory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we already have the victory. Oh, Father, we thank you and we praise you. We're just here to glorify your holy name. Father, we thank you for the forgiveness of sins that even if we, Father God, before we come, Father, worshiping, that we know that when we examine ourselves and our, that our heart may be right before you right now, Father, that we can worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. Father, let our hearts be right now in the name, be right before you, O oh Lord. Father, we, that we come with a clean heart, O oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, hallelujah. Father, we do, we're gonna, Father, we, we're gonna storm heaven in the name of Jesus. Father, that the praises come up and the blessings will come down, O oh Lord. Father, we thank you for there is healing in the praises of your people. There is freedom in the praises of your people, O oh God. Chains will be broken in the name of Jesus. Father, bodies will be restored. God, I seek you in the name of Jesus right now. Father, we thank you. We prophesy in the name of Jesus that your glory will come across this nation once again, oh God. You are in control. Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, you hide us under the shadow of your wings, oh God, that even though thousands may fall around us, these things thou shall not come near our homes, oh Lord. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just praise you, hallelujah. Just praise the Lord. Praise him in the name of Jesus. Praise him in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're going to glorify you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the full armor of God that when we go out, Father, we dressed in battle, oh God. We are soldiers for the army of the Lord. Father, we have our marching orders right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place right now. We welcome you in the name of Jesus right now. Oh, Father, we exalt you. We praise you. We glorify you, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now, Father. We thank you because, Lord, you are a shepherd, oh God. Father, you, we have all we need. Father, we have all that we need, oh Lord. Father, you let us, you lead us to, Father, let us to rest in green pastures, oh God. Father, you lead us, Father God, to peaceful streams, Lord. Father, you will renew our strength, oh God. You will guide us along the right path, oh Lord. Father, well, bringing honor to your name, Father, that even while we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
Ultimately, it's all about him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. I didn't say touch nobody or hug nobody. I just said, say you're glad you're here. What's going on? People act like you love one another. Yeah. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, when everything around me is shaken, I've never been more Never let me down. 
Take my place. 
are victorious in Him. Praise God. Praise God. Often remember that story uh, that Shambach preached many years ago. He said that uh, you know you look at the heavyweight fight at that time it was 15 rounds. They go 15 rounds, and sometimes they would battle the championship all 15 rounds. And at the end, one guy was the winner. They raised up his hands, gave him the championship belt. He was a conqueror. You know, he get the million dollar check. Now it's 30 million. Then he take his 30 million dollar check, go home, hand it to his wife. She's more than a conqueror. The Bible calls us more than conquerors because he defeated the enemy and he, he gives us the victory. You know? So at the cross, he, he defeated the death, hell, burial, the death, hell, and the grave for us. For us. I'll say it again, for us. He didn't do it for himself. He was already in glory. He did it because he loved us. And so we sing this song, we're victorious in him. And so we can do so with, with such gratitude because he did. And, and today, as we get ready to partake of the Lord's Supper, um, let me read some verses in 1 Corinthians 11. It says, now in giving these instructions, this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He says, I don't praise you since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. But first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions among you, and in part I believe it. So he was challenging the fact that the church, you can't hear me? Oh, I'm doing one of these? You do it too, so. And I got you on video saying that. I'm doing it, so. Uh, all right. Praise God. You're right, I prefer, yeah. But it's interesting because he's saying that there were divisions then. So you mean to tell me divisions are not a new thing? It's been around as long as the church has been around. Because it's not really the church, it's people. Come on, Pastor. The, the church would be perfect except for the people. <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've got issues. We have issues. And Paul attacked that. He challenged that in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, you know, you say you're from Apollos. You say you're from Cephas. They had like their tribes. But it's only one body. Well, we don't believe the way your church believes. Our church believes different. Excuse me. Only one church. One Lord. One baptism. One Holy Ghost. One Savior. And when we get that, you stop the nonsense. Now, I'm, I'm talking generally. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking generally. And, and, you know, the Bible says that we're the body of Christ, which means I have to honor you. I have to love you. I have to respect you. I have to back you up. I have to watch your back. Because we're the same body. Okay, let me put it this way. Can I go right now to you and punch you in your arm without you reacting? Can I punch you in your arm and you say, ah, it's not my business? Isn't that stupid? Well, that means if I gossip about you, I'm punching myself. If somebody comes to me with gossip and comes to me with divisive words because of somebody else or this thing, how is it not going to impact me? It's the same body. Yeah. I got to decelerate that right away. So right. Hold on a second. We're talking about the body here. Amen. Amen. And Paul was saying that. Whoever eats 
and drinks this, this cup, to, eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Why did he say it that way? Why, why didn't he say he was, if he does that, he's sinning? Why is he identifying the body and the blood of the Lord and with the body? But, says, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So today, the Lord reminds us and we're ready to celebrate the, the goodness of God. The fact he died on the cross. He shed his blood for us. We remember these things. But how am I doing with that body? How am I living among that body? Am I honoring the body? Am I respecting you? Or are we just flowing with it? You know, gossip tends to be something that's so indigenous to the, to, to the human nature. We gossip and criticize each other, talk each other down. Somebody gets some victory and they criticize the victory. Give them a responsibility in the church. And the other say, well, I don't know why they gave. I've been there longer. Come on. Yeah, celebrate. If, if they have a victory, I have a victory. I got a haircut just the other day. The only part of the haircut, you know, that, or rather the only part of the body enjoyed the haircut is my head. But yet this morning, my hands were combing it, enjoying it. So nice. You know. The whole body rejoices when one part of the body receives a benefit. And come on, ladies. You know, I got my haircut, but what about you doing your nails? I see you in those places. You're sitting there, you're going, oh, so nice, Manny and Petty, Manny and Petty. You, 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 it's like your whole body is, you know, you have, right? Isn't it true? So if one part of the body is rejoicing, then let's all rejoice with the body. If one part of the body is crying, let's go together and cry together. It's not my business. It is my business. It is our business. So, amen. So in, in doing so, let's... It says, for I received, this is Paul, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. And he received this from the Lord. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. Notice it was on the same night which he was betrayed. And he knew he was going to be betrayed. And he still did it. Most of us, if we're going to do a kindness to somebody, and they turn out and betray us, is the kindness I was going to do to you? Now, forget about it. I'm not going to give you no kindness. You don't deserve it. Well, we didn't deserve it either. right. And he still did it. I, I'm trying, Jose, to keep this here. <laughs> I'm really trying. Hmm? If I can't do this, I'm in trouble. <laughs> All right. Praise God. All right, so the same night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. Eat of the bread. Father, we take a moment to thank you that your body was broken, and you allowed it. You said, for this purpose I have come. 
you said to the Father, not my will, but your will be done. So, Father, we thank you today. We're grateful to you, Heavenly Father. We're grateful for that whole process. When we ourselves, we could not deliver ourselves. You took on flesh and you died for us. Father, thank you. We're grateful today. We bless and praise your holy, holy, holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the same manner, verse 25, 1 Corinthians 11, 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. New covenant. New pact. Thank you for this new covenant. This covenant of grace. This covenant of love. This covenant of redemption. So this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Drink of the cup. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless your holy, holy, holy name. You are worthy to be praised. We love you, my God. We exalt you this moment. We thank you for the body and for the blood. And we thank you for the body that you have knit us to. I praise you, my God, and I thank you for my church family. I praise you for them, my God. I thank you for them. I'm so grateful, Lord God, that you have knit me to this family, this church family, this part of your body, Lord God, this part of Zion. So we praise you today. And we thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for guarding us, for leading us, for directing us. We worship you today. And Father, we ask your forgiveness for any and all sin that we've committed. Anything, Lord God, which has, which, Lord, in truth, we've fallen short. Cleanse us, O oh God. Cleanse our minds, our hearts, our motives, our eyes, our ears, our mouths, our hands, our walk. Our journey Lord God and we're careful to give you all the glory the honor and the praise in the awesome and majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ amen and amen please take your cups and bring them to the end and the ushers will pick them up praise God Christ is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. I've never been more than I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's
Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus never fails. Hallelujah. You may be seated in God's presence. So grateful to be in the house of the Lord today. The next couple of weeks, uh, I think in two weeks, we're going to have a dear friend come over. So I'm looking forward to that service. Pastor Tanya Fuentes has been a long time, long time. I'm talking about 25 years, friends. It's just amazing. You, you can count them on one hand, the friends you have like that long. And uh, she's one of them. And uh, remember her and her husband uh, back in, in our Harlem days. We, we were very dear friends and we co labored in quite a bit of things. And from time to time, I'll go to her church and we, we preach. Gwen and I go and we preach. We do retreats with them. So we're dear friends. And then next month, uh, Bishop Mott's going to be here. So I'm looking forward to that also. Another long term friend uh, and colleague. So. Actually, I'll see him tomorrow because we're going to be in a retreat upstate. As the Lord permits, we'll convene over there, uh, the different pastors from uh, different states. And it's good just to soak in the presence of God. And, and uh, we, we minister to each other. They, my slot to preach is 1030 tomorrow. But it's, it's good to be able to preach, to be able to speak, for crying out loud. As you, you guys know, I went through this... Uh, what I think, what they're, they're saying, identifying primary exertion headache, something I've never heard in my life. Never heard of it. But you know, the body goes through 5,000 things. And, <laughs> and since medicine most of the time is just practicing, they really don't know. You know, they'll, they'll give you this medicine, that medicine, and you know, it's practicing medicine. Here, try this one now, see if it works. You come back and one of the eyeballs popped out, and say, oh, I guess that one, I guess that one didn't work. Here, try this one. <laughs> then your other eyeball pops out. Oh, man. Like I said, practicing medicine. <laughs> Praise God. But yeah, I, I appreciated that. Uh, you know, at one point, if I was speaking to you two minutes, or forget about it, already the side would just inflame, and, and, and I couldn't do it. I had to be quiet and relax, just chill. I had to chill for months. This one was a doozy. But God. Amen. So the last, last couple of weeks, you, you, you feel the progressive. But the breakthrough happens. It's interesting. The breakthrough happened when I went to my eye doctor. Had, you know, my eyes checked out every year. And, and I told him about it. He says, you know, that sounds like something like my uncle went through. I said, you mean somebody else went through what I'm going through? He says, yeah. He said, it's about three to six months. And they call it primary exertion headache. I said, how come my regular doctor didn't identify that? And then he said this to me. He said, uh, can I pray for you? Wow. So my doctor Hallelujah. acknowledged that he's limited. And, and, but, but he knows the doctor of all doctors. Yeah. So he just put his arm on my shoulder and he prayed for me. In the name of Jesus, he prayed for me. And I, I was so touched by that. I said, Doc, you praying for me? Wow. Yeah, yo, yo, you praying for me? <laughs> so, I, yeah, I loved it. And from that moment, I just started to feel the breakthrough from that moment. Yeah. Just from that moment that I, I, I sensed a shift in, in my body. So I'm going to see him again in a couple of weeks. But when I, I'm going to tell him that. I'm going to testify that to him. Yeah, I'm going to testify. Because, you know, you, gotta, you have to understand your prayers are powerful. And uh, what he did for me, he, he prayed for me. Meanwhile, I've been praying for my body. I've been laying hands on me. I've been, you know, oh, God, you said in your word, right? But I'm standing. I believe in God. I believe in God in his word. But it took him to pray for me. 
And sometimes that's what it takes. The Bible says, pray for each other. Confess each other's faults to each other so you may be healed. So I praise God for that. So um, let me take you a moment to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I love this chapter because it's Paul describing the spirit of generosity. And in truth, we are we tend to be generous people when there are catastrophes. Like right now in Florida, millions upon millions of dollars are converging upon Florida. And it's the right thing. Amen. There are organizations, Red Cross, um, Christian organizations coming to and other kinds of organizations that are coming to Florida to help. Many volunteers donating their own time and their own expertise. Right? Why? Because there was a catastrophe. There's a difficult time when, when a portion of humanity suffers, the other portion of humanity comes and meets the need. And God is pleased with that. But uh, Paul was discussing that, and he was saying, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You, you, can I translate that? to modern day vernacular, he who be cheap. <laughs> will receive cheaply. He who be generous. Hallelujah. Okay, I, I guess you got it now. I guess you got it now. Great translation. That's, that's the Victor Nazario modern day. Yeah. Think about it. And we, we don't realize that God is observing the way we utilize the resources we have. And later on in verse 10, it says, For it is God. God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. So even the seed that we have to give was given by God. So God looks to see how we use the seeds, the resources, our giftings, our talents, our abilities the opportunities that we have to give. He looks at that. And he responds according. I love this. Because it says the farmer who plants generously will get a generous crop. So therefore, that person who planted generously had control over what they were going to receive. You understand? I love that. Because that means that I don't have to depend on your giving. It's up to me. God gives me that autonomy. You know, God is generous with all. But as it relates to sowing and reaping, when we're generous. Now, generosity to you means something different than it means to me. See, if you're a multimillionaire and you, you know, you, let's say you send $20,000, let's say, to Florida. That's not a lot of money for you because you're a multimillionaire. That's, that's a drop in the bucket. But if I take $100, and that's a sacrifice for me. And I help somebody in need. God says, that person was generous. It's not based on the numerical. It's yeah. based on what the individual can give. So it says it there. So in the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity for you. But it also says, God loves a cheerful giver. So you must decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. See, I'm, I'm reading for the New, new uh, Living Translation. 
it's, it's like a modern day version, but it, it, you know, the principles are there. And then those, we're not supposed to give under pressure. We're supposed to give because there's generosity in our hearts. We recognize the generous, excuse me, the generosity that God has bestowed upon us. Now, therefore, we, God, you can't give it back to God. What you do is you give it in the earth realm, and then God will respond to you as if Amen. you gave to him. Amen. Why do I know that? One time Jesus said, anyone that does anything to one of the little ones is as if he's doing it to me. Yeah. Amen. You see, so when we uh, bless the work of the Lord, when we bless each other, when we bless those that are in need, God takes it like if you're doing it for him. Praise God. So when I give, and I'm a giver, I, I do so with the understanding that there are principles and scriptures that cannot be abrogated. They cannot be uh, canceled. It says in Genesis 11, it says, as long as the earth endures or lasts, sowing and reaping will also last. That's also in the natural, the, the body, uh, or rather the earth has to respond. And in the same way, when we're giving, because Paul was there, he's talking about how the church was blessing him and how the church was blessing Jerusalem and, and you know, they were taking care of each other. And he was teaching them the principles that he had learned from the Holy Spirit. And so I love it. It says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those that need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from the ministry of giving. Number one, the needs of the believers, in this case in Jerusalem, will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So God will hear thanksgiving because of our generosity. Now, in closing this thought, I want to add, we're living in a time where we're probably going to end up in a very deep recession in the coming months, in the year 2023, 2024. The government has sorely mishandled finances for many years, and they've dug this nation into a ditch financially. So we need to really, really operate in the scriptural principles more than ever before. And we need to walk in wisdom. So some of the excess that we used to operate in, we didn't think about it, we didn't look at a budget much, we can't operate that way anymore. Because even though you're making more or less the same salary, your money isn't, I guess, buying the same volume. So we have to cut back on things. You have to look at your budget. Well, I used to do this, I can't do it anymore, I can't do it anymore. This I will continue to do. This, I'm not ready to let it go yet. You know, I mean, you have, you have to decide what are the things. But in truth, we have to pare back. Number one. Number two, again, I stress, you have to be like the ant. The ant plans for winter all summer long and plans for summer all winter long. What do I mean by that? Put away some cash. Don't Spend all your cash. Keep some on hand. Be like the grandfathers and grandmothers of old. They used to take, you know, that coat? They had a little pocket, cut the pocket. Under the mattress. Yeah. The weirdest places. My, my mom, yeah, Adam could attest to that. My mom had money all over the place. 20 here, 200 there, and everything, wherever. We, I said, Mom, where, where are you, a squirrel? <laughs> No, no, you, you have to be ready all the time. 
That's wisdom. Number two, credit cards. If you can't pay it at the end of the month, try not to get deeper and deeper in debt. This is not a time for that. It's not a time to be spending crazy, lavishly. Christmas is here. It should be pared back. Instead of buying 30 gifts, buy one good one. Or agree with each other. Uh, instead of buying gifts, we're just going to have a nice celebration and enjoy each other, you know? Because it's not about, you know, oh my God, I didn't buy 10 gifts, so you know, what are they going to, you know, how are they going to feel? Listen, if I don't have it, I'm sorry if you get offended at me if I can't give it to you. Love you anyway. <laughs> Sit down, have some nice pasteles together. Yes. You know, and enjoy each other's company. Have to pair back. That's a, the, the, is that the second thing or the first thing? Then the other thing, we have to be very, very careful. Put some food away. Not just for yourself, canned goods, things that are, you know, that can last a year, two or three years. Not just for you. What happens if something happens? Listen, look, look, look at, just observe. Look what's happening in Florida. There's some people that yesterday, they had a lot, today they have nothing. Right? Who's helping them? Those that have a little extra. So you be that person that has a little extra. So you can help your neighbor in times of need. Hallelujah. Very important. You've got to walk in the wisdom of God. Don't be like this. In terms of what's actually happening, open up. Now, be, be this way as it relates to your walk with God. Don't, don't let circumstances mess your mind up. These are the times when the church shines. These are the times where God gets glory because God's love will flow through us. Remember the patriarch of old? God told him, sow in this land. The Lord, it's famine. Sow in this land, and I'm going to bless you. In this land. So in a time of, of what we're seeing now, God can bless us to have enough for us and for others. Think about the prophetic picture that Joseph had, giving you seven years of plenty, but then there's going to be seven years of lack, famine, right? Well, we just went through our seven years of plenty. But in, in those seven years of famine, because he walked wisely and organized his stuff and put away some things in key areas, he had enough for him, for all of Egypt, and for Israel and for other countries. They went and they bought. So while everybody else had famine, is Egypt experienced their greatest financial boom because everybody had to come to them to buy. Why? Because of the wisdom of Joseph. So let's walk in his wisdom. Amen? Praise God. Let's stand. Let's get ready to give unto the Lord. And remember your, the principle. He's the one that gives you the seed. And as you sow the seed, he's the one that multiplies your seed so that you could continue to be generous. Praise God. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord God, uh, that as the church, you give us the privilege, my God, to be partakers in how you provide for community. And, Lord, as we uh, observe the things that are happening, um, Jesus, you said these things would happen. These times would come. And so, as surprised, as offended, as upset, as disappointed as we get, 
truly sin unfortunately always gets in the way of prosperity of of progress and we see so many things happening in school in academia in hollywood uh, in government we see greed and power mongering all over the place and that's just part of that sin nature and man without you can't help himself he just continues to get to that point where ends up destroying himself but we pray mercy my god mercy over this nation mercy lord god and give us the wisdom to be able to flow in your grace in these coming days in your wisdom give us financial wisdom business savvy and wisdom lord Lord, you, you said in your word that, he, that your, spirit, this, your spirit would even give, you, give us wisdom for witty inventions. So I pray, Lord God, wisdom to be able to be entrepreneurial during this time and season. To be able to see where we can sow, where we can reap, how we can benefit uh, our community, how we could take care of our families in spite of famine, in spite, in spite of uh, all of these things that are happening. Help us, Lord God, to be able to help others. We'll give you the glory for it. Now we sow the tithe of the offering in your presence, thanking you, Lord God, because you have met all our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. We sow the tithe and the offering through our high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. amen. Praise God. As you receive instructions of the ushers and those of you online, God bless you today. Uh, you can feel free to give um, if you are so uh, inclined to do so. You can go to calvaryny.org, calvaryny.org, and on the top header, to the right, it says give. You could click right on there conveniently. Praise God. Amen. Let's now worship the Lord in our tithes Amen. and offerings.
Good morning. Still off. Oh no. Good morning, Calvary. How's everybody doing? Great, great. Well, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Minister Albania, and uh, I've been given the honor and privilege to introduce our, our speaker for today. Most of you know who she is, and I know her for more than probably 26 years, and I'm married to her. So I want to introduce you, your sister, your minister, my wife, Minister Elizabeth Texador Bordilla. can hear me. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I, I will say that, uh, does that hello? Wow. So, um, sorry, I'll get myself together. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So the worship today, I mean, uh, with, the, with, the, with the first two songs, they gave my whole sermon. The whole sermon today. Amen? Yeah. But Father, we thank you. Um, I'm just going to open up in prayer, and then we're just going to begin. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you and glorify you for this day, Father, this glorious day that you've given us, my Lord God. Oh, Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy, my Lord God. Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning and bringing us to your house of praise so we can worship in your presence together as a body, my Lord God. Thank you for this body, my Lord God. Father, bless those that are online, my Lord God. Father, those that are far away, my Lord God, and still connected to the ministry, my Lord God. Father, you are not separated by time or space, my Lord God. Your spirit is with us, every single one of us, my Lord God. You are with us wherever we are. So, Father, I submit this message to you today, my Lord God. Open our spiritual ears to hear what it is that you want us to receive, my Lord God. Prepare our hearts, my Lord God, to be able to receive the word that we're going to hear today, my Lord God. Plant it in our hearts, my Lord God, that it may, or may bear fruit, my Lord God, and good fruit. So, Father, we just thank you and praise you and glorify you. In Jesus', I, Jesus name, I pray and I just submit everything completely and totally to you. Amen and amen. Uh, this, I'm having a lot of, I don't know what it is. Oh, it's the wire. It's the wire. Sorry. Sorry, give us a few seconds. Yeah. Let me turn this off. Hallelujah. Praise God. Freedom. <laughs> but what happens to me, see, I'm the type of person that I use my hands a lot when I speak. I won't be able to do that today. So it'll be limited. Amen. So um, I have the honor first. Welcome everyone who's here today. I want to let you know if this is your first time here, it's not an accident that you're here today. Amen. It's not an accident that you're here today. 
I have to remember to hold the mic up to my mouth. Um, the Lord brought you here today to receive a word. There's something that you need from God that God brought you here today. It's not by accident that you're here. Know that God is in total control of your life. In, in spite of the chaos that we may, may uh, exhibit in our lives, in, in spite of all the difficulties of the trials or the tribulations, as children of God, we know that God is in total control. That in spite of what's happening, God is doing something. God is doing something. So um, be blessed. And I pray that you receive your, your portion today. Amen. So this week, um, we begin another four-part series, new series. And, but the series that we're doing on, uh, we're talking about is on, on grace under fire. Grace under fire. Now, for us who are believers, and, you know, if you've been brought up in church and we've been here enough, we, we, we hear that, that a lot. You know, grace. God's grace. Okay? Um, but many don't understand what it is. Many don't understand what it is. And yet God gives it to us freely. So what I'm going to do is, before I even begin, I'm going to take you, I'm going to give you the Merriam-Webster definition of grace. And then I'm going to give you the biblical definition of grace. So the Merriam-Webster definition of grace, I was really um, shocked when I read it. I was surprised. I said, oh, good. They're there. I mean, they're, they've, they've gotten exactly what it is that grace is. So uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary says, grace is unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. The second, the second part of that is it's a virtue coming from God. And the third is grace is a state of sanctification enjoyed through divine assistance. So um, sanctification, just so you understand, sanctification is being made holy, the process of being made holy. All right? And a virtue, uh, grace is a virtue because just like God gives us grace, we're expected, he gives us to extend grace to others as well. And I'm going to go into the biblical so you can understand that aspect of grace. All right. So when in the dictionary it says it speaks of approval, favor, mercy, pardon, and privilege. Now the biblical definition of grace is this. Grace is favor from God that is not earned. Favor from God that is not earned. We receive this favor through salvation from God and we receive other blessings from him. Grace is not dependent on the acts we do, but solely on the fact that he desires to gift, G-I-F-T, to gift us. Gift us this gift, to give it to us. He gives it freely. Okay? So we find that in uh, 2 Timothy 1.9, God says that um, God has called us to live a life that is holy because of his grace. Our salvation through Jesus Christ was through grace because God saved us when we couldn't save ourselves. God shows us grace when he answers our prayers and works in our lives. Grace is forgiveness. It's undeserved. It's new every day, just like the blessings of God are every day. Well, part of that is the grace that God gives us. He adopts us. Grace allow, allows us to be adopted into God's family. It brings us closest to our Heavenly Father. It allows us freedom, and it's open to all. Everyone can receive. You just got to accept. Amen? Amen. So again, I can't use my hands, but that's okay. 
<laughs> All right. So, um, so again, we're starting this new series called Grace Under Fire. Okay, and um, with the explanation that I made, how many of you can say that you've experienced God's grace? Amen. Amen. Have you been thankful? Well, I want to tell you that there's times in, there are times in life because of life situations that it's kind of hard sometimes to see God, God's goodness when we're going through stuff. It's very hard. And the truth of the matter is that sometimes we actually forget how good and gracious he has been with us. Okay, so these, this, this series is set to remind you of that, the goodness and the graciousness of God. Okay, so we all encounter times in our lives when, you know, we go through that, um, in that place where, you know, we, we, we can't see, we can't see God sometimes. And this is for the children of God and those that don't, don't even know him. Remember, God's grace is for everyone. Amen. Amen? But um, when we're a follower of Christ, we have to realize that we're saved by grace through faith. In Jesus. Amen. So God's grace is uh, it's very, it's a very important thing. Amen? Would you agree with me it's important? Amen. Amen. God uses um, his grace to strengthen us in those difficult times. It, it, it actually refines us. It strengthens, it builds up our faith. Do you know that it's in our times of difficulty that God actually, <laughs> that we grow. Amen. Our faith grows during those difficult times. When we're up here in the mountain and everything is good, it's hard to really acknowledge because we're just feeling so good. But it's when you're in the valley yeah. that you, you know, the, what is it when something meets the, the when the, something meets, yes. <laughs> it's there that you see what you really have, what it is that God has given you. Yeah. What have you allowed him to build up in you? Amen. Okay, to grow in you, all right? So, um, count it all joy when you go through your trials. I'm going to read Peter 1, 6, and 7 for you, and it says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which perishes through, and uh, though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. How absolutely awesome is that? Faith is more precious than gold. When, when gold is put to the fire, what happens to gold? It melts. But someone who's been put through the fire and their faith grows, in spite of the fire, they're able to stand. What comes to mind are the three who stood in the inferno of fire, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay, when they were put in the fire, and they said, you know what, um, you know, we're not going to serve, we're not going to bow to, to your image, that, that thing you, you made, but you know what, our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to do it. Hallelujah. We're still not going to bow. And what happened? We know that in that inferno of fire where three men were placed, there was a fourth person in there with them that the king saw. The king saw, Nebuchadnezzar saw that there was someone else in the fire. Amen? When you are going through the fire, you are not alone. God is with you. God is with you. God is with us. Again, these struggles um, increase our faith. Increase our faith. 
Amen. So I want us to jump into the actual teaching today, and we're going to focus on a, on a, on a character, and a, a person that we all know about, and that's Moses. Everyone knows the story of Moses. If you don't know the story of Moses, raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Okay, so we all know about Moses. I'm going to take you there anyway. <laughs> Maybe someone online doesn't know. So Moses um, was a, an, an Israelite, a Hebrew child, um, born in a time when the king of the Pharaoh of, of, of Egypt, rather, was killing the, the, the boys, the male child, when they were born. The midwives were told when a child, a male child is born, you're to throw them into the Nile River. And the reason was because they, the people, the, the Israelites were growing in such numbers that the Egyptians were fearful, fearful of them. So what did they do? They began to oppress the people of God and eventually enslave them. Okay, so we go forward um, uh, a few, you know, uh, in Abraham, Abraham was actually told by God when God revealed to him that he was going to make him the father of nations that he, his people were going to be numbered like the sand, like the stars of the sky and like the sand. And you cannot count the sand. You can't, it just flows through your hands. But he did tell him this, but your people, the people, my people will be in bondage for 400 years. But at the end of the 400 years, I will bring them out. So we see now that the time has passed. They flourished. They flourished while they were in Egypt, but then again, they grew in such numbers that they were uh, finally oppressed and put into slavery. Amen? So in that, in, that, in that picture now, we see that this baby is born, and the parents uh, hid him away. This, this child, this baby was Moses. And what happened was the mother at the age, maybe about three months, he just, she couldn't hide him anymore. So she actually put him into a um, basket she uh, waterproofed it with, with pitch and tar, and she covered and she sent him down the Nile River. He ended up actually at the house of Pharaoh. The, the daughter of Pharaoh found the basket, realized it was a Hebrew child, and decided that she would take him as her own and raise him. He was allowed to go back to the mother, so he was weaned with his mother. She raised him, and when he was old enough, he actually went to Pharaoh's house, and that's where he lived. So Moses was brought up in the house of Pharaoh. He was brought up in the house of Pharaoh. Um, and then what happens? But he still knew who his people were. He knew who his people were, that he was uh, an Israelite. And when he saw someone mishandling or, or uh, one of his people, he actually killed the man, the, the soldier that was manhandling. And um, it was found out, and he ran for his life. He ran to Midian. And... Um, there, um, he spent 40 years there, hidden in Midian, okay? Married there, married the, the priest's daughter and uh, Jethro's daughter, and he prospered there. He worked, you know, as a shepherd in, in Midian. One day, he saw in a mountain a burning bush, and he went to investigate what was going on there. 